This is the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 65. I'm Thomas. I'm Dakota. I'm Jaden. And I'm Matt. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. Because the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Like he's <laughs> Matt looks like oh, we put Thomas a... looks like he got pepper sprayed and Matt looks like he's pooping his pants. Looks like he's getting tased. <laughs> look at him, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They're they're eating warheads for extreme context. Extra oh. 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 Do you have any more? I wanna try one. That's all I got. Thank God. Freaking garbage. No, I'm glad. It's not bad, no. Yeah, once you get through Wow. <laughs> once you get once you get through the, the sour layer. The watermelon's pretty I haven't good. had anything yeah, like that. Still make a like, face. <laughs> I haven't had anything like that since like middle school. <laughs> yeah, that's they used to um, this table. They, do you remember whenever they used to sell this stuff at the school lunches on shockers? Friday? Oh, on Friday. Shockers. You remember shockers? Yeah. No, what are shockers? Um, it was. I mean, they were like the sour ones. They were in like a dark blue bag. But anyway, um, I think it was me and Casey one time decided it would be funny to try to fit the entire bag in our mouth. <laughs> Oh, I do and, remember that. And my that. taste buds went numb for about a week or two. I remember that. Like, I you, literally couldn't taste for a week you remember BJ Barclay mixing all that stuff mm-hmm. up? <laughs> we, would, we would take, like, you the think chocolate milk. Oh, yeah, and we like... would take the chocolate milk and, like, shove raviolis <laughs> in it. <laughs> green, green beans and raviolis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dude, that's so foul, too. Welcome back to the Comic Chaos Podcast. Ah, uh, that was a good cold in, cold start. What's it called? Cold start? Yeah, cold start. Works. That was so gross. <laughs> uh, but this week, we're going to be doing something a little different. Dakota's going to read us a passage out of this little, I don't know, it's like a pamphlet booklet. Yeah, it's like a pamphlet booklet thing. Yeah, if, you, if you're a, if you're a uh, podcast aficionado, I'll use, um, I guess probably honestly most of the people that listen to this wouldn't know who it is. But there's a podcaster, real, real big guy. His name's Jocko Willink. It's called the Jocko Podcast. Hopefully a lot of people that do listen to this know who that is. I Actually, that would be pretty cool, but I'll bet you a lot of them don't. But anyway, he's like an ex-Navy SEAL and stuff like that, and he like has books on leadership and other Respons- sorts of... Responsibility. Yeah, responsibility. Like he, he's, he's like a... I don't want to label him as a self-help guy, but that's kind of like the kind of stuff that he makes sometimes. But he has a podcast, and occasionally <clears throat> he'll do like... I think technically we're labeled as self-help. I think we are. That's true. I think you're right. It actually says that, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that or not. Yeah, I kind of wish it wasn't the case. There weren't any other... It's just, it's just got, like, a stigma around the world, self-help, and it's like, 
Yeah. It's stupid. But anyway, um, every now and then on that podcast, he'll do like a, a book reading slash book review thing. Like he'll go through, he'll read the book by himself, and then he'll like highlight certain excerpts out of the book and stuff like that. And he'll go over it and explain, you know, whatever. But so when I was at church today, um, I just totally like blanked. When you were at church today, they handed you a pamphlet. Well, okay, yeah. When I was at church today, we were going through uh, Second Thessalonians. I don't know what just happened to me there. <laughs> we were going through Second Thessalonians. We've been in a series on, and um, today we were talking about how you have to kind of be like really deeply rooted in what you believe to be able to defend what you believe. And then he kind of the pastor kind of made a point. He was like, "Hey, Pastor Greg was like, hey, if I asked you to come up on a stage right now and explain the gospel." Could you do it? And he, he kind of like looked around like he, like I like I looked around at the first service because I was in both and I kind of like saw like people like laughing about it like with like their husbands and stuff like that. like everyone was kind of laughing about it he goes yeah see he's like well, it's kind of scary because you might have now just realized maybe you wouldn't be able to explain it mm-hmm. like you you kind of like know how you feel about it but like to be able to word it to someone else could you be able to do that and I I thought about it and I was like I don't know. Probably stutter my way through it, but and I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be very good. And I want to I want to point out and something very interesting is so I went through growth track with Matea today and we the, one of the people that were in growth track got the spiritual gift of pastorship and shepherding and they were like I'm not a pastor I don't want to be a pastor like that's crazy and they, then we explained to them that that's not really what that means. That means that like you you love people and you want to heal people, and she was a nurse and she was like, oh, that makes complete sense. Hmm. And I thought it was really interesting because if Pastor Nick took that test, he wouldn't even get pastorship. And people tell me all the time, I'm supposed to be a pastor. Pastorship isn't on mine ever. It's it's a high number on mine, but it's not my like nines and like the ones that like I am. And I think a lot of people think that it's the pastor's job to do that. It's the pastor's right. job to be able to um, give the gospel. It, it, well, I don't need to do it because they should come to church and that's how they'll get it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way a pastor thinks. The way the way a pastor of a church thinks is it is my job to get all of these people ready to do what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like everyday life, mm-hmm. like not, not meeting somewhere on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, I just thought I, it was just something very interesting that someone said today that I was like, Hmm. People don't really get what that means. Well, it's it's pretty overwhelming too because for someone that doesn't wasn't raised knowing the things that that we were raised on, growing up inside of a private Christian school and so on. Um. It's it's not about like like knowing everything, but it's about just taking a small step and a baby step in the right direction. And after you take a handful of steps and look at things from a little bit of a different perspective, you can see on the other side that it's beautiful and whenever you see that it's beautiful you can start to jog towards it and then maybe start to sprint but it's kind of hard to to say all right come up on stage and summarize the gospel because mm-hmm. i mean i'm still trying to figure it out myself that's why i'm starting at genesis and i'm working my way the whole way through the bible because it's like there's so much to know how can you just summarize a story in a belief an entire mindset shift just in like a little track that's about a journey not like a finish line like hey here it is this is what it is and then we're done you got to actually feel it and build a relationship with it and connect with it and that takes 
years, if not an entire lifetime. And I don't think you still get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. No, probably not. I, I know last week at uh, City Group, which is the youth group at our church, um, Mariah, one of the leaders, was teaching, and she said, and I, and I don't know, this is the quote, and I, I don't know everything about the Bible, like, and then pointed at me and Annalise, like, these two, like, Bible thumpers do. And then she thought about it, and she was like, oh, I didn't mean to say, like, Bible thumper, like, that's kind of mean. And I said to her, I was like, no, you're right. Like, my entire life, this is what I was trained and built to be a youth pastor, to be a pastor, to teach people, to, to show people what I've learned. And if there, are, if there are avenues where you struggle and I can feed into that and I've already gone through it, or if I know this lesson in the Bible that I can teach you, that's what I want to do. That, that's, I'm excited to do that. And this past year of being connected with the church and doing the podcast, I've gotten a lot better at it and a lot more comfortable with just speaking it. Because if you never speak it, you'll never get good at it. Mm-hmm. And like the other, so TJ is one of the other leaders. The other night I was sitting there talking to him and he was like, I have a really hard time sharing the gospel with these certain people because every time I do it, I get angry. Like, why don't you just get it? Like, I feel that. I like feel that. he was like, just understand what I'm saying. And he was like, I have a really hard time like doing it because it just frustrates me. Because you're supposed to do it like humbly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so he was saying it, it just frustrates him and he, he gets angry. And I said, do you know the story of Jesus flipping the temple tables? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, well, do I got a story for you? <laughs> You're going to want to give out one to Google. And so I, so I told him about it. And I was like, Jesus was so angry in that moment that he left the temple, built a whip, like not just a couple seconds, sat there, tied a whip, like that, that's hours of time. And then went back to the temple, was still angry, and then flipped the tables. And it, he was like, whoa, really? And I was like, yeah. And there's a difference between anger and the anger that you're feeling when you're trying to share the gospel with someone that doesn't get it. You are having a righteous anger of, I have this thing that I want to tell you, but you're just not understanding what I'm saying. And I'm upset because That'd of be it. Frustration. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustration. frustration is definitely what they're looking for, but they, he was calling it anger. Yeah. yeah. And I was like that. It's not that you're wrong in this. It's not that you're, you're angry and you're sinning because you're angry. It's you, you want to help people and they're just not getting it. It's, it's, a, it's an allowed frustration. Yeah. It's, and it's hard to like balance, like if, if like think if you're going too far with it or like, if it, like you're saying, like it's just kind of justified. Cause like I've like gotten to the point where I'm just like, I can just look at any crap situation and just think, oh, it's all right. God's good. That's cool. Me and Matt but were like, just talking about you know, that. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, literally, like, like the other day, was it last week? Yeah, last Sunday on the way here. Actually, all day. On my way to church, had a deer run out in front of me, slam my brakes. On the way here from church last Sunday, deer ran out in front of me, slam my brakes. On the way home from here last Sunday, deer ran out in front of me, slam my brakes. Now my rotors are all junked up. <laughs> Three in one day. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I guess good time, good thing I'm doing overtime right now. Yeah. Like, I guess God is good, no matter no matter if my raiders are shot or not. Like, I can look in a crap situation, and like, I think of like certain people, and they're just like, F this and F that. And That's every, ruined my, my whole life, week. My life sucks, my whole, you know, all, all that. Like, shut up, all right? Like, literally shut up. Like, here, yeah, see, here I go. Now I'm getting frustrated with it again, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. But you get the point. But yeah, so, so... W- as we get into this 
how to share the gospel in the easy way. Like the like it's just six pages, right, Dakota? It's it's uh, yeah, six pages, so. and they're not even completely full. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, this is this is like very like there's like a three by four book or something like that. Like it's very small. It's how to share the gospel for dummies. Uh, That's kind of what it is, honestly. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much just gonna like. I'm gonna read the back of it because, like, I feel like that's how you start books, right? Like, you just like read the back of it, see what it's about. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I thought and, you meant like the last there's, page. There's like the little forward thing or whatever. Sure. However, you, you know. Do you want to do you want to read the last page first and then? Yeah, like the back of the. Oh, no, I mean, mean like the last, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, we're not doing that. All right, so this little thing is called Two Ways to Live." Word of advice: Don't read the last page of the Bible first. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be. That'd be really so confusing. <laughs> um. This little thing is called Two Ways to Live. It's almost like a little pamphlet thing. I guess this was from um, an evangelist. I'm not sure who. but um, So the back of this thing reads, <clears throat> The message at the heart of Christianity is short and simple enough to be outlined in just a few pages. That's what you'll find here. An overview of the whole story of the Bible beginning to end using six memorable pictures. The Bible itself calls this message good news. And the story of God, his world, and our place in that world. It focuses on the life and work of a particular man, Jesus Christ, and what he's done for us. As you read and explore it, you'll see that what you have is a decision to make. It's one that we all face about life and death, a choice between two ways to live. So that's the back of the book. Um, And then, I guess I'll just get right into the little foreword or whatever. Uh, It says, the Christian gospel is simple enough to be explained in a short presentation like this. And yet it is a message that has changed the lives of millions and has been studied by many of the greatest minds of the last 2,000 years. It's a message from the Bible about God and his world and the choices we make in our lives. At its heart is the life and work of a particular man, Jesus Christ. Before we say anything about Jesus, we need to go back to the very beginning and to God as the creator of the world. <clears throat> so that was, that was like the you know intro, I guess, to it or whatever. And whenever I was showing Matt this before we started or whatever, I told him how it was about, like, you know, this, this is, like, a quick, easy way to, like, explain how to share the gospel with people. He goes, well, I almost feel like you have to start at, like, Genesis. And I just kind of, like, gave him a little head nod, and he goes, is that where it starts? Does it start at the beginning of the Bible? I was like, yeah, I think so. He's like, I didn't read it yet. Oh, yeah, preface this. I haven't read through this at all. I literally got it this morning. <clears throat> so I didn't want to, like, spoil it. So I'm kind of, like, live reactioning, too. Um, so... There's six little, I'm going to call them chapters just for sake of understanding. They're not, they're literally a page each. But there's six chapters. Um, there's a little, there's a little thing under where the chapter title is, and it's the Bible verse that I think they kind of pull the title from for each chapter. Like, I think this is like the summary of this verse, and that's, I think that's kind of where they're going. Mm-hmm. Which is really funny because they're starting with creation, and the verse for it is Revelation, which is the last mm-hmm. book of the Bible. So that's, yeah. kind, of, that's kind of fun. But anyway, we'll get through this. Um, hopefully I don't stutter too bad. It's the, better the, than me. the longer I go, the worse it's going to get. It's so at some me. point, somebody may be getting past. We might be popcorning. Don't popcorn to Jaden. We, we, we might be popcorning to I'm someone. I'm too dyslexic for this. Always popcorn on Jaden. <laughs> that was <laughs> the most <laughs> annoying thing. Remember we used to do that, man? That's so bad. That so was, like, that was literally bullying. For a, yeah, it was. It, it was absolutely <laughs> bullying, and I feel bullied. Um, growing up, like in school, you would have to read out loud and we didn't know that Jaden was dyslexic until 12th grade, but all throughout middle school and high school, we did this thing called popcorn where someone would read one section and someone else would read the other section and they would literally 
someone would start reading Popcorn Jaden, and then I'd have to read. And then Just someone else. You could get that tattooed as a cold and, memory. Honestly. And then the whole class would bust out like, <laughs> Popcorn Jaden. Do, <laughs> do I hear another shirt design? <laughs> and so, like, as soon as someone would be finished reading, they would say Popcorn Jaden, and then everyone would start laughing because I couldn't read. <laughs> But like, I've... as soon as the person would stop reading, everybody laughed because <laughs> we knew the next two words were popcorn Jaden. So after after I would read, I would have to choose someone else. I would choose that other person. They would finish, and then they would popcorn Jaden again. And so I had to continually read all day. And Every which, other paragraph. honestly, in the moment, was absolutely bullying. And nowadays, we wouldn't go for it. No, it but. Yeah. It probably is the only reason I can read now. Yeah. <laughs> because so I was can read now. Yeah, I'm pretty good at reading now. <laughs> it definitely helped. Popcorn Jaden. Someone's getting popcorn. <laughs> it definitely helped. And like I I'm good at reading out loud now, but it absolutely was one of the worst memories I have of just absolute bullying. <laughs> That's a good story. You want to put that one in the story basket? No, that one actually <laughs> to, gives me anxiety. To bring, to bring back another... another. All right, anyway. Chapter one. <clears throat> Switching gears again here. Uh, chapter one. God, the good ruler and creator. <clears throat> um, Man, the, I was really bullied. You guys were the worst. really dwell on this. <laughs> we can talk about this after. Now I'm thinking about it. We can, we can apologize later. <laughs> God, the good ruler and creator. Doing a stitch together. All right, we're back. Are we are we doing a stitch together there? Yeah, sorry, I pressed a button and we stopped. So God, the good ruler and creator. God, the good ruler and creator. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Revelations 4.11. Also, I just said revelations. It's not S. There's no S. Revelation. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, yeah. you didn't know that either. I, I knew that. I found that out like, I don't know, a month or two ago. John only had one revelation. Yeah. When you think about it like that, it makes perfect sense. I just think everybody's always said it with an S. Yeah, Ooh. Revelation is not a book of multiple. It's a book of one. <clears throat> right, right. Interesting. I thought, I I looked out the window and I forgot you like have like a fence neighbor. And I thought he was walking through your yard, but it's his yard. All right. The foundation of the Christian message is that God is the one true and living ruler of all things. He is the Lord and King of everything that exists. Unlike many human rulers... God is not corrupt or self-serving. He is a thoroughly good and loving ruler who continues to provide for his world generously and to rule it with justice. God, <clears throat> ah, God is the ruler of everything because he created everything. God is the source and maker of all that exists, including the good and beautiful world that we live in. This is his world. He made it and he is in charge of it. He also made us. Excuse me. God created humanity and gave us a unique place in his good world. He commissioned us to rule over the world, to care for it, and to be responsible for it, all the while honoring and obeying him as our ruler and thanking him for his generosity. Okay, so that was literally chapter one. Like, that's how short these things are. So, and then there's a little summary. This is like the footnotes of the footnoted version <laughs> that we're already doing. It has like three bullet points. It says, God is the ruler of the world. Agreed. He made the world. Agreed. He made us to rule his good world, giving thanks and honor to him. Agreed. Like that, I mean, when you think about it in layman's terms like this, mm-hmm. like if you would, I mean, how, are there like three bullet points on all of these? Yeah, it looks like it. If you would just like take these, you could really explain it to someone. Like easily, it's kind of what it seems like. 
Yeah, but I mean, you're basically speaking a different <coughs> language, though. Right. That's right. That's that's. I, I yeah. think the way that that I've begun seeing it when I'm trying to talk to someone is, why are you here? Mm. Like, what's yeah. what what are you doing on this earth? <clears throat> and then when they give me an answer, I'm like, well, here's why I think we're here. And then I kind of like go into the gospel part of it because I think I think asking people the right questions. Whoa, yes. your can just exploded. Yeah, it did. Um, I think asking people the right questions is is something that I don't know. Christianity's kind of gotten away from, and I think a lot of churches think that it's our job to just, hey, we're having a church event. You better come and accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's more asking people the questions of, hey, why do you live your everyday life? Why do you go to work every day? Why do you wake up in the morning? Because those are things that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And then you relate that back to, well, here's why I think we do it. Because I serve a God that loves me and created me and wants the best for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's why whenever you first brought that up, Dakota, about, um, okay, how do we explain the gospel in this short thing? I, I started with creation, but I think it really boils down to purpose, which I'm not going to go on a tangent on again because I feel like I do that on every For episode. all I know, this might even go into that. I don't know. Because if I really didn't read this yet. If, if we're sitting here and we're breathing, um, that means that something had to give us breath. So if we assume that was our parents, then who gave our parents breath? You can run that breath. the whole way back to however far you want to get. You can yeah. run it back to creation to either the fact that there was a Big Bang or there was evolution or there was a some, some – it basically boils down to evolution or a creator. Um and whichever it is, then we know that there was some type of uncaused, uncaused cause for either scenario. So in that instance, we can believe that if we agree there's an uncaused cause, then we should be able to agree that, I mean, that's what I call God. I don't know what mm-hmm. other people call it. But right. if we believe in God, then there goes the gospel. You kind of off of the races from there. So the, the ending of this says, this is how God thinks created things to be. Did you read that right? Yeah. This is how God created things to be. But it's fairly obvious now that this is not how the world is. Mm. So, like, what where, where, what happened? That's that's kind of like how this is worded here. Uh-huh. Sorry, am I a little off kilter? Yeah. <clears throat> my bad. We're just gonna... We're gonna put your mic down because you're oh, looking down. Okay. I like that. Good, good thinking, good thinking. All right, so, chapter two, our rebellion against God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Isaiah 53, 6. Everything that is wrong in our lives and in the world stems from the fateful choice humanity has made. From the very beginning, we didn't want God to be our ruler. We rejected him as God by deciding to live our own way in defiance of him. We all do this in our lives. Most of the time, we simply ignore God or keep him at a distance and get on with living our own lives. We don't thank him as we should for being our generous creator and provider, and we don't honor and obey him as our ruler. We follow our own desires and priorities and live by the values we decide are best, whether it's religious, secular, or, you know, whatever. The common Bible word for this rebellious stance toward God is sin, which I think we've probably talked about enough. You should know what that is by now. Mm-hmm. And everybody does it, whether we follow a particular religion or not. We find ourselves in a world full of little, air quotes, gods, Uh, Each of us doing things our own way, each of us selfishly trying to bend the world and other people to our own will. It's hardly surprising that it doesn't work out. Our self-rule fails and we suffer the consequences, including the damage we do to ourselves, 
the people around us, and to the world that we live in. Summary. We all reject God as our ruler by running our own lives our own way. And by rebelling against God's way, we damage ourselves, each other, and the world. So the question is, what will God do about our rebellion against him? Okay, so that kind of opens up into why sinning is, you know, why, why living in a way for yourself may be not a good thing. I think that kind of opens up the... Kind of really segues pretty nicely, honestly. You talk through um, <coughs> Second <coughs> Second Timothy, Jaden, that uh, Pastor Nick talked about today. Um, building a solid foundation, um, and uh, wait, was that in Second Timothy? Anyhow, regardless. Oh no, no, no. <coughs> Uh, physical, the Bible talks about how physical fitness helps in some areas, but godlessness helps in all areas. Um, godliness. What's that? You said godlessness. Oh, yes, godliness. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I was like, did Pastor Jake make a point I didn't understand? But I mean, that's basically what you're saying, Nakoda. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> godlessness <laughs> helps everything. I was like, like what? that's a hot take. Um... Hot take can, at the you table. Can, you can continue. I'll find it. Okay. I had something I wanted to say there. I forgot what it was. Did you read the three points for this one? Or the two? Yeah, yeah, that was the summary thing. I had something I wanted to go off of there. I don't remember what it was. Read it again, see if you... Oh, it was actually off what Matt said, not in here. When you said the um, strong oh, foundation wait, or whatever. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, yeah. First Timothy... Not Second Timothy, um, four, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Basically, kind of like what you said. Everything gets better whenever you find justice and understand yourself, and and try to just be better, more like Christ. Um, helps in all aspects of life. You know something something that has been really frustrating for me is um so like I don't did I say this on the podcast I crashed my car oh yeah we did well yeah you talked about it but not not where you're going you didn't say it on here so we we cra- I crashed my car and obviously the first thing was thank God everyone's okay me and my grandfather are fine nothing happened walked out without a scratch I my head hurt for a while but I'm fine and the thing that got really annoying for me was everyone was like it's okay god will provide it god god will do this god will do that and i'm like yeah i believe that and i'm on the same page as you but can we just sit in the fact that this sucks <laughs> like just for a second let me let me feel that this sucks like i just bought a car and then it's gone like that that yeah. sucks go back to joe yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say yeah. Too, yeah. Exactly. Like, like I, I understand, and I, I believe that everything works out for good. And I got a huge insurance check out of it, and it was great. God worked it all out, and I'm, I'll be able to buy another car. But it, it, it got very frustrating in the moment of everyone that was just like, "Hey, it's okay. Like, 
Well, thank God everyone's okay. And I'm like, yes, I'm past yeah, that. Yeah, there, there is something like extremely, I, I totally understand, extremely frustrating about people telling you something you already know over and yeah. over again. Like, like, like you need taught it or something. Like, it's like, like someone, like, like God's trying to ingrain it in your head, but like you already know it. So you just like, you have a hard time, like being angry with it but like you just are mm -hmm. i understand that it was it was the most frustrating thing and i was like just let me be angry like i just want to be mad for a second that i bought my first car and it was gone within three days i get it yeah i get it i i was saying that because i had a point off of what matt was saying but i don't remember what it was that's all right <laughs> we're really good at that <laughs> happens did you did you sum up your first timothy stuff were you good with that I didn't yeah, know if I you had anything else I had it somewhere with mine too, but I forget. <laughs> All right, well, dang it. <laughs> we're, we're doing I'm sorry. great. We're doing great. <laughs> I have a concussion. It, it might come back to me if you continue. <laughs> All right. All right, so chapter three, uh, God's justice. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. Hebrews 9.27. I do believe that's not quite the full verse, unless it leads into the Something next else. One. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I feel like doing the whole context digging thing right now. Totally look, will do look it. it up if you're curious. Um, Hebrews what? 927. 27. 27. Yeah, if you're, if you're curious about it, look it up. We're trying, we're trying to get through this in an hour or so here. Like any good ruler, God cares enough to take our rebellion seriously. He holds us accountable for our actions because it matters to him when we dishonor him, that we treat other people so poorly, or that we are ruining his world. Well, that's kind of deep. It's a little bit deeper than I thought it was going to be. Remember, I read it. He holds us accountable for our actions, God, because it matters to him when we dishonor him, when we treat other people so poorly, and when we ruin his world. Yeah. I'm about to drop this episode as an explicit real quick. Okay. Oh. When you're a piece of shit, you're making Ooh. God's world a piece of shit. That Word. really is the truth. Word. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I don't know why that sentence just really hit home for me. I mean, there. that's what that's what the Bible says. <laughs> God doesn't mess with people who mess with their world. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it's the, it's the same reason, um, like Matt, where you are in the Old Testament. Yeah, why that's they, actually where I was flipping. Why to. they had to do the sacrifices? Yeah, because God made His perfect world, and we gunked it up. We did. We did gunk it. And dude, we have like that. We have to. Atone. Atone? Yeah. Atone mm -hmm. for that sin. Yep. We have to right our wrongs. Justice. Justice. Oh, yeah. God's justice. How about that? That's the title of chapter three. How about that? Pretty much. Are you looking for something? Or do you want me to keep reading? Um, I can tell you're flipping around real good. Like yeah, you're you searching. Could, you could keep reading. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll find it here. There's just... I... Just hit the buzzer whenever you're ready. I'll tag you in. I'll popcorn you. Hold on. I got, I got it. Are you ready? You, yeah, you're, about, you're about there? I'll wait for you. We'll stall. In, uh, Popcorn Matt. In number 16. Um, God gets fed up with his people because they won't trust him mm -hmm. um, for his provision. Um, tells them to go take over some land. Sends spies. A lot of the spies give a bad report. Um, and there's a, a couple folks that actually believe in God. But... Um, Basically, they say, hey, we can't do anything unless God is with us. So uh, if God is not with us, then we're not going to take on the endeavor. Um, so God killed 14,000 people with the plague because they didn't trust him. Um, and he ended up splitting the earth to consume some of them as well because they start 
It's funny, but um, <laughs> it's it's all it's awful. But it makes me wonder too. You don't like me? Into the void you are. <laughs> Seriously, uh, but but if the this is Numbers sixteen, uh, verse thirty. But if the Lord creates a new thing. And the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the pit, and you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. <laughs> now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words that the ground split apart under them, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up in their households, and all the men with Korah with all their gods. So they and all those who were with them went down alive into the pit. The earth closed over them, and they perished from among the assembly. <laughs> um, really wasn't having any... Well, there's there's a prime example of God's justice, I suppose. Huh? Yeah, well, in, too, as you continue to read, there's more around uh, Balak and Balaam, um, the Midianites, as the Israelites take over the Midianites, they end up plundering their villages. The, the 12,000 Israelites that were sent out end up bringing back a lot of the Midianite women and children. But the Midianite women were a majority of the reason that the Israelites were sent to plunder the Midianites because mm. the Midianite women came and seduced God's, God's men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the ways that uh, Balaam was trying to consume Israel from the inside out because he knew that they were very powerful with God on their side and he didn't want them to take them over. So the, the Midianite, the Israelites plundered their village, brought the Midianite women back to Moses and was like, hey, what should we do with uh, what should we do with these Midianite women and children? Kill them all. Yeah, and he basically is like, hey, Into kill the them. Uh, Moses ends up pleading uh, at least a little bit for their case um, and they end up only killing um, those, who were, yeah, those who were not virgins. They, they saved some of the women that were virgins. But I mean, still, I mean, God is very... Brutal. You don't mess with his justice or his grace. And you, you wonder, okay, so where, this is something I struggle with. Where are the Midianite women who seduced the Israelite men? Where is their grace? Yes, they, they seduced the men. It was something that shouldn't have happened. But you wonder like, all right, if God is actually a God of grace and love, then how can he say, hey, yeah, they deserve to die? Um, basically straight to their faces. But if you read further on into the chapter, it talks about how um, the people that were residing in Midian were um, past the point of return. There was no hope. There was no hope. They were doing nothing but ruining God's plan. So mm-hmm. God brought his justice in. And then you kind of wonder, all right, so where's the free will in that? If, if people get off track, God just smites them. Why doesn't he just smite everybody that's evil? It goes into a whole thing that I'm actually trying to work out and comprehend now, but I don't know. I think at, at face value anyways, I would say it's because the mediator had not been introduced to Earth yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an easy cop-out. It, yeah, it, it is, is an easy cop-out. It is, out, but, but I would also say that it's probably the answer, yeah, or at least part it's, of it's the It's hard answer. to think that it's not. You know, the way that, the way that I've looked at it, I had this epiphany in, in high school. The way that I look at it is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, right? That we believe that they are three in one. Mm-hmm. That they are three different persons, but one person. Mm-hmm. And the way that I look at it is that God the Father has a chunk of personality. 
Jesus has a chunk of personality and the Holy Spirit has a chunk of personality. And when Jesus said, hey, God, let me go down and let me save them. That was Jesus saying, hey, let me take control for a while and let's see how it works. And I don't think that they were going against each other. Mm -hmm. But I think that the God that we see in the Old Testament is a piece of our personality that you can connect with of justice and righteous anger and I'm doing what's right for my people no matter what. Well, and, and here's here's another interesting thing to think about. What, like we all agree the Bible happened, you know, approximate, like the Jesus part of the Bible, excuse me, happened roughly 2,000 years ago, give or take, because, you know, that's literally how we base our years off of. Six, right? No, the Jesus part. Yeah, sorry, sorry. You know what I mean? Right, right. The Jesus part of the Bible happened about 2,000 years ago. People think the earth is 6,000 years old and they're nutbags. Right, sure. Yeah. You know, you can go off that whole thing. How How... Think back from right now. I don't even want to go back two thousand years. Think from now to like three or four hundred years ago. How different people, just in general, like went about themselves, like how they think, how they communicate, how you know all that kind of stuff. What's three so, or four hundred years ago? That's like seventeen hundreds. Yeah, they, they were sailing the ocean blue. <clears throat> In 1492. You know like what I mean? They, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like so, they so were... like, like in the 1400s, we literally didn't, like, most of the people, like, in the established, we'll call it world, didn't even know that, like, America was a thing yet. Mm -hmm. West, west of Ohio was non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, literally. So, like, you got to think. The way that people think and, like, are doing life from the time that, you know, the world was created, whether it was 6,000 years or 6 million years, whatever you want, whatever, I'm, we're not getting into that. But the way that people just i guess were had to have changed to some extent maybe maybe like how you were saying like the personality maybe the god personality wasn't hitting anymore mm -hmm. you know what i mean they maybe they just needed a freshen up you know maybe they just maybe they just needed a change so that it, yeah. it worked in their brain you know yeah i i just i just like to think of it that way where it's not that god doesn't have the compassion and the love that mm -hmm. jesus showed because they're the same person it's just that the two sides of that person were showing at different times mm -hmm. where no longer like you're saying did justice and righteous anger god work for his people because now he the wanted, tough love the yeah, tough love wasn't working now anymore. now he wanted to show everyone he wanted to save everyone so then he brought the compassion and the love side of himself out and down to earth to say here here is the gift that i have for you Please take it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I'm, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to be the righteous anger God anymore. Take the gift. Mm -hmm. That's that's literally the exact sermon that we had at church today. It was like, listen, someone's knocking at your door with a gift, and literally all you have to do is open the door and just reach your hand out and take it. So that's that it. that okay. So this is very interesting, and this doesn't have anything to do with what we were saying, but it has everything to do with what you just said. Mm -hmm. That verse that uh, Jesus, it says Jesus is standing at the door knocking. It's in Revelation. And you've, you've heard the verse a million times. People use it for altar calls. It says, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jesus is at the door knocking. And I don't know if I said this on an earlier podcast or if I've said it to you guys. But when it says that in Revelation, Jesus is literally standing at the door of a church knocking. And they're not letting him in. So, like, like the context of that verse, he is standing at the door of a church and they are not letting him in. They have forgotten why they're doing what they're doing in the first place. Wow. 
that was just a little segue because that, that, that hit me hard when I heard that. So back to, I guess, Matt's verse is kind of taking me on a tangent now. You, ha- it's, It was the Midianites in this specific example, right? Yeah. Rewind further than that, and Moses's wife was a Midianite, and his father-in-law was a Midianite priest, right? So obviously they knew of God. Because they're the ones that taught Moses. And somehow along the lines they forgot. Mm-hmm. Or moved away from it intentionally. I, I might have gotten Midianites in, in Moab, or Midian and Moab confused here. Cause, yeah, cause, I don't know if you did or not, not, I'm not but sure the here. Midianites were the ones that taught Moses who God was. And yeah. it, it, it's not clear as to if the Midianites were practicing Jewish religion, but it is kind of insinuated, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, that... The the Moses's father in law is who showed him God. Hmm. Insinuated? Does it work? Is like yeah, implied. You know yeah, yeah. implied. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Same difference. It's pretty. It's a pretty similar it word. Sounds weird. No, it was right. No, it was a good word. He did good. Have you ever looked at a word that you just wrote down and you were like, "That's spelled that can't be wrong. right." That can't be right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, right. It was, sure. it was Midian. It was Midianites. <clears throat> So yeah, they must have like get... forgotten. I was gonna say we'll just commentate while these two flip around. Yeah. Where did I get Moab from? Oh, it's an it's another it was tribe. Another... Well, Israel was going through, um, through through their journey, taking over, uh, different different areas as God called them to take over different areas. They took them over, um, on their way to the promised land. From what I understand, I'm in the middle of it. Again, I don't know everything, but in I, truth be told, I don't have a clue about this stuff. So I, yeah, this that, this that, this that, has been so long since I've even thought about this kind of stuff. I don't have a clue. Sounds honestly. this sounds right. They're taking over all of these small towns. Well, in order to get to the promised land, they have to take on different. Uh, they're work, they're between. working their way up to the boss fight. Right, right, and, and honestly, that that goes to show. Like I talk about. All the time between Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Genesis was creation, Exodus was salvation, blah, blah, blah. I go through that. It's, it's interesting to see this story blown up from a large scale, too. On their, they're on the journey to the promised land, which might be an, uh, like a, not allegory, a uh, symbol of heaven, maybe in mm-hmm. a sense, like, a, like the finish line. But they're going through the journey of life. And they're doubting as they go through this journey, but as they're doubting, they're also taking on some of these other bosses and other rulers and things like that. Kind of like how we do in our life too. We hit roadblocks and then we push through it. We might doubt through them, but we push through it in order to get to the finish line. There's a there's an Andy Mineo song, and one of his lines is, "What did you expect? Don't you know once you level up, the boss gets bigger?" Mm-hmm. And it it that hit me in a place where I was like. You know, once you once you come through that victory, where you're like, "Yes, I am a better person now, and I I understand this thing." Don't expect it to get easier because you just have that next level. Right? Yeah. For you sure. just keep leveling up. There's never going to be the "I'm done. I'm perfect. I'm good to go." Yeah, for sure. Anyhow, that was kind of that was that was quite a tangent we just yeah. went on there, but Sorry. that was good. No, 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 no. Don't apologize. All right, well, we only got one paragraph into chapter 3 there, so I'm just going to reread it Do it. so we can have a little fresh reset. 
God's justice. Like any good ruler, God cares enough to take our rebellion seriously. He holds us accountable for our actions because it matters to him that we dishonor him, treat other people so poorly, and that we ruin his world. In other words, God won't let the rebellion go on forever. It would be unjust of him to do so. We experience God's judgment against our rebellion in the reality of death. Suffering and death are not natural. The corruption, decay, and death in our world are part of God's punishment for humanity's rejection of him. But there is a further judgment that we will face. We will all one day stand before God and give account to him for our lives, for the damage we've done, and for the personal rejection of him as our ruler. The sentence God will pass on that day will be given to us. What? Oh, I read that wrong. The sentence God will pass on that day will be to give us what we have asked for. There we go. Which is separation from him. He will cut us off from himself permanently. And since God is the source of life and all good things, being cut off from him means a destruction that never ends. The heck was that? Was that my phone? This is a terrible thing to fall under the sentence of God's judgment. It's a prospect that we all face because we're all guilty of rebelling against God. So summary points are that God won't let us rebel against him forever. And that God's punishment for rebellion is death and judgment. It says, this is hard to hear, and it means that we are all in deep trouble. But that's not the end of the story. Okay, so that's that's like setting us up for like the whole, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the wages of sin is death kind of thing. And, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not straight with your boy God, uh, you're probably going to hell. I think that's kind of where that was, yeah. you know, leading that all to. Because if you ended, if the, if the gospel ended right there... Then we should all just kill ourselves. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, if, I don't know if that's true or not, if, but if, it kind of feels like gloomy if, like that. If that was the end of the story, and it was you suck, you can never live up to what God has for you, and you're going to hell, and you're going to hell, we should all just kill ourselves right now. Get it over with. That, that should either be that end. or try to just live long enough to prolong it never happening, even though it will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it kind of does feel like doomsday, you know. Like there's there's no way out. Yeah, that's what it feels like. But then, this is when you start reading. Oh, that's what you were. I, I thought you were thinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but so, then the story arc changes. <laughs> we're in the next arc, boys. This is this is the what's the anime <laughs> term arc. for it? Arc. Arc. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I hate anime. I Ugh. don't. I was gonna say a reference, but we will just skip no, through just it. Yeah, no, just We don't need the chapter words. four, chapter four, chapter four, chapter four. God sent Jesus to die for us. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Wasn't this already on here? The gospel's the same message, man. Over and over. We again. used the same verse for two and four. Well, I guess I'll read it again. Like it's it. here. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to do our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity means guilt, by the way. It has that little footnote in there. I know it's kind of a weird word that I don't think we ever use. So I'm going to start using it. Iniquity. Hey, you feeling iniquitized? <laughs> iniquitized. Is that, is that, the, is that I don't know. the way you would say I, it? I don't know. We're going to roll with it, though. All right. God loves the world he created, and he loves us all. He didn't leave us to suffer the consequences of our rebellion. He sent his own divine son into the world to save us, the man Jesus Christ. Excuse me. There we go. Unlike us, Jesus didn't rebel against God. He always lived under God's rule, giving him honor and thanks to him, and obeying him in everything. 
He didn't deserve God's judgment in any way. He didn't deserve to die. Yet Jesus did die. Although he had the power of God to heal the sick and even raise the dead, Jesus allowed himself to be executed on a Roman cross. But why? The extraordinary news is that Jesus died as a substitute for rebels like us. He took upon himself the judgment and punishment that we deserved by dying on the cross in our place. Death is the punishment for rebellion, and he died our death. All of this is completely undeserved by us. We rejected God, but because of his great love, God sent his own son to die for us. So summary points are because of his love, God sent his son into the world. Jesus Christ, we know that. Jesus always lived under God's rule, and Jesus took our punishment by dying in our place. So that's, I, I mean, it, it, se it seems like silly for us to even like think about that, because like we know that, but like that's, that's like the part that like hits for some people like who are like maybe like just figuring out about like God or just like starting to explore God. It's like, okay, well like what, what, what person would just like straight up like die for me? Like, mm -hmm. and, and like, like seriously, cause like people could say like all the time, like, Oh, I would take a bullet for you or stuff like that. But like, would you actually take a bullet for someone? You know, I, I mean, I've sat down and thought about who would I actually take right, a bullet for. Right. You know, the thing that always hit me, about the gospel story was when jesus would go and he would pray and he would say god take this from me if you can mm -hmm. and the answer was always i can't like no we can't like you you have to go through with this but it was even jesus was like ah, this is gonna hurt yeah like he, he knew he knew what was coming and like if if there was any chance that he could get out of it he was he was taking it like he wasn't gonna pass up the opportunity but like but there was no there was yeah. no other way the part that I don't get about the crucifixion and the bloodshed and atonement for all of our sins is, yes, Jesus died for us. I understand that. He died on the cross. But why does that make atonement for our sins? What? How does it justify? Like, it's not like a math equation that you can, like, backtrack through to figure out, like, oh, well, here is... Maybe I'm like too logistical of a thinker. Is the problem? You are. Well, no, I think I think what you're getting at is exactly what you're studying right now. The the importance of the um, what were they called? Sacrifices. But why did they have to sacrifice? Why couldn't you just ask because, for forgiveness? Because because that's how God works. We don't we don't we don't we don't get to we don't get to know everything I, right now. There has to that's, be a better explanation. Blood that, for though. blood. Yeah. Life, life for life. And, and I mean, we've we've went down the rabbit hole of what does blood mean before, and I think that's that's the answer. I think you're looking for what is the importance of blood? Why why is blood such a supernatural thing that atones? I don't know. I will I will get it. I will get an answer to that question. Well, you hope you will. No, I will. There is there is an there there's an answer to it. I'm clo I'm close to it. I'll get I'll get there. I'll figure it out. I think I I agree. That you will, and there, you will find an answer for it. But I think it's funny when you say I'm close to it because you, I don't think you are. Because at all. I, I think I think that the way that the Bible is structured, and I'm pretty sure God did this on purpose, but the way that the Bible is structured is you constantly feel like you're getting close to it, close to it, close to it, and then it ends, and you're like, oh, like you'll get to Revelation, and you'll be like, oh, there. It wasn't what I was looking for the whole time. It was that thing that was sitting in front of me. Yeah. I, and like like when we studied Exodus, right, you had one question in mind the whole time. And you didn't get that question answered 
until you move to the next book. Yeah, true. And then the problem is Revelation is the last book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that it's not that your questions aren't going to get answered. It's that they're not going to be answered in the way that you expect them to be answered. Right, which is the fun part. Yeah. That's the plot twist. All right, keep going. Okay, chapter five. We're almost there. And we got we got on a really long tangent, so this might put us a little over an hour. But No, we're good. Yeah. Chapter five. Jesus, the risen ruler and savior. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God accepted Jesus' death as payment in full for our sins, and he raised him from the dead. That's like the that's like the big emphasis point here about like the whole gospel, is that Jesus died for us and then he came back to life. Like that that doesn't happen. Um Jesus defeats death and rose up to be what humanity was always meant to be, the ruler of God's world. As God's ruler, Jesus has always been appointed as God's judge of the world. <clears throat> when Jesus returns and the judgment day comes, Jesus will be the one calling us to account for our rebellion against God. But Jesus is not only God's appointed king and judge, he is also the savior from judgment. Because of his death in our place, he now offers to forgive all of our sins. They've already been paid for. We can now make a fresh start with God, no longer as rebels but as loyal friends giving all thanks and honor to him. In this new life that Jesus offers, God himself comes to live within us by his spirit. We can experience the joy of a new relationship with God. And when Jesus does return in all his glory, we can be totally confident that we will be acceptable to him, not because we deserve it, but because he took our punishment from us by dying in our place. Summary points are God. Ra- I, I feel like I'm doing like a, like a game show thing when I say it like that. God raised Jesus to life again as the ruler and judge of the world. Jesus has conquered death, now bringing forgiveness and new life, and will return in glory. And then it says, "Well, where does that leave us? It leaves us with a clear choice between two ways to live." Which now, now in the last chapter, we're getting to the whole purpose of the title of this little thing, which is cool. We got anything? We got anything through in there? Mm, no. Cool. I don't. Matt was pondering. It looked like us, so I wasn't. I wasn't sure if he you was, know. I was. I was I just thinking. If he was thinking or not. I was, I was pondering. I was just thinking about like us doing podcasts and um, Thomas. Like Thomas will have maybe one sentence to say the whole podcast, but if he's not here, it would be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's sitting there, he's taking everything in. He'll he'll flip through his Bible and he'll find things that he wants to say, and then he'll be like, "Nah, I don't need to say it." <laughs> and then and then he'll say one sentence all podcast. But if he didn't sit there and do that, I feel awkward. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <clears throat> okay, but that had nothing to do. All right, chapter six: Two ways to live. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. John three thirty six. I don't also I don't know what version these are all coming out of, or if it's even one version, it doesn't really say it, but they all mean the same thing basically. Yeah. The first way to live is to continue in our rebellion against God, ignoring him and running our own lives our own way. That kind of goes back to what I think it was in chapter one, we that's that's how they were ordering everything. Sadly, this is the choice that many people continue to make. That's definitely true. 
The end result of living this way is the inevitable and rightful judgment of God. We not only have to put up with the damaging consequences of rejecting God here and now, but we face the dreadful prospect of an eternity of separation from Him. But there is another way. If we turn to God and ask for forgiveness, trusting in Jesus as the resurrected ruler and Savior, then everything changes. For a start, God wipes the slate clean for us. He accepts Jesus' death as payment for our sinful rebellion, and freely and completely forgives us. He pours his own spirit into our hearts and gives us a new life that stretches past death and into eternity. We are no longer rebels, but part of God's own family. What was that? Okay, sorry. I distracted. We now live with God's son, Jesus, as our ruler. There are only two ways to live life. Our way, which is rejecting God as ruler, living our own way, damaging ourselves by our rebellion, and facing, inevitably, death and judgment. Or the other way we could live is God's new way, which is submitting to Jesus as our ruler, relying on Jesus' death and resurrection as our payment for sin, being forgiven by God because of that, and then receiving the new life that lasts forever. And then it goes into, so which way do you want to live? So does it not have anything about uh, the Great Commission or discipleship or anything like that? I don't. I don't. I'm surprised by that. I don't think so because I don't think this is supposed to be that. Oh, I, I th- still think that that would be at the end just to complete the. It might circle. be. We didn't get well, that. Yeah, it says, but, oh, there's there's one? a there's a whole another one two three big points here that says how to respond. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know either. <clears throat> I also think I also think the point of this uh, study, this little pamphlet, is to bring someone in that knows nothing about the Bible and you're like here are the main points that like, I like if you in. if you got five minutes before this person dies this is what you deliver you know what I mean like like they, they're not going out yeah dies is a good example they're not going out and doing the Great Commission this is this is what's gonna save you yeah and, not, it, and it almost seems unfair to think about it like that because it's like well, what what if I spend 80 years of my life going out and trying to help other people and then this guy just gets to like walk in on his deathbed like it kind of seems unfair but like that is the whole point i I think probably the best way to look at it because that is that is a good point that it's not addressing the whole great commission and the commands that god gives but the person who would would be presenting this booklet is following that command by just Mm -hmm. doing what they're doing yeah and so it's the introduction. Yeah. All right. So then, you know, it's the whole milk versus solid food thing. I'm giving you the basics. Yeah. If this, if is, this is this is what we believe, this is the reason we exist. Here it is, in six pages. Yeah. How many pages are in the Bible? There's 66 books. We're we've we've been we've been learning the Bible since. We were in kindergarten, and I still don't know. I was going to say, look how much we still have We still have no idea what's going on in there. Right. I feel overwhelmed after you just read through those six pages because I don't know the insides and outs and intricacies of the entire gospel story and connecting all those pieces together. So so let's let's take it back for a second and talk about— you you say that right, and you say I don't know all the intricacies and all of the little things that I feel like I should know, but just today, t- 
two people from your work came to church yeah and you were doing what the gospel says to do so it's a it's a real that's a really good point of saying you don't need to know every single verse in the bible you don't need to know all the little tiny details that it's good to know because that'll help you but you just saying that you got two people to come to church and they've come two weeks in a row now right yeah it's and and say that they end up leaving the church right and they don't really get a piece of what it is right now 20 years from now you get a phone call and they're like hey remember when you remember when you uh, brought me to church i was just thinking about that um can you walk me through a little bit more of it and i, I think i said this in the last episode we're not in the business of harvesting mm-hmm. yeah that's that's very true just like get this might be the planting the seed thing like reading this little book like this just might be the planting the seed thing and that person might not <laughs> person might not be harvested for 30 years Never i didn't want to say like that because it sounds really funny but, <laughs> but that person that person might this might not click for them until I mean, it might not click for them till their deathbed and then they start thinking back on this very much like they hear this podcast and on their deathbed they're like oh man i listened to this thing one time back in 2022 86 years ago <laughs> Yeah. And I just, I don't know what it is about me seeing the light right now, but I just really want to keep seeing the light for the rest of eternity. And that just might click for him. And honestly, if that's how it goes down, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, ha- I'm happy if one person hears this and they even slightly start pondering over it. Honestly. You know, so there's a story that I heard, um, the Unashamed podcast I listened to. It's uh, the Robertson. It's Phil Robertson mm-hmm. and his sons. Um he was telling a story of they had a guy that is a good family friend and he had graduated from like Methodist like Bible school and he was sitting on a plane next to Phil and the dad and he was sitting there explaining the gospel to him and this guy had like literally just graduated they came from his graduation and he stopped Phil like two hours into the flight and went hey you like i get it like i just graduated from bible school i get it you don't have to keep going and he went okay cool and then kept explaining it anyway and then he was saying that was like 20 years ago i just got a call from him last week and he said phil i'm sorry i didn't get it i get it (laughs) and he said can i come down and can we talk and so he came down and he talked and they ended up like baptizing him in the river and doing all that. And he was like, he was like, it, it wasn't that he didn't understand the Bible. He understood the Bible. He understood everything that he needed to know, but he didn't understand Jesus. Mm-hmm. He didn't understand why we're here. Hmm. He didn't understand the blood that saves him. Hmm. And it, like even the guy that went through Bible school, graduated top of his class, 20 years later was like ah, i get it hmm. i get it now and i think i think that's what i'm struggling with the most in my life right now of i'm walking around church and hanging out with church people and i'm just looking at these quote-unquote elders that i'm like you don't get it you didn't get it yet and it, it's it, it hurts my soul and I don't know if that's because me and Matt were talking about this earlier. I don't know if that's my discernment, the the gift that God has given me of like I can look at people and be like, oh, 
That's, that's rough. But I, I can look at people and I see like, oh, you didn't get it yet. There, there's going to be a moment, I hope, one day where you're, you, it clicks. That's all. That's all. I, I think about that all the time. Like going back to the, how, how you were saying, like TJ, like just gets irritated that like people just are not getting it. Mm-hmm. Like because I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like it's clear as day. Like I can look outside right now and I can see a bird picking up a worm and flying away. I'm just like, wow, that's really cool. What person made that? Mm-hmm. Like uh, nobody, nobody made no, no, no human being made that, right? So it's just like, okay, well, I mean, I see the bird; it's obviously there. You know, I've killed birds before, like I, you know, like going like hunting or whatever. Like you, 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 you can get no, you know, you know it's real. You see it, you feel it, you watch it, you hear it. You know, maybe sometimes you taste it, but <laughs> it obviously had. It's real. You mm-hmm. can see it. It had to be created, and obviously. The last time I checked, no human being ever has created a bird or, you know, any animal for that, any living thing for that matter. So it's like, okay, well, if it's created, it must have a creator. That's why people love Jurassic Park so much. Because it's man playing God and it's superhero movies, Jurassic Mm -hmm, Park, mm -hmm. all these movies like this. It's things, it's men playing God. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that. And it's something that people are like oh i want to go watch that i want to go see that because it's the creator it, it's it's watching what god did for us and people i don't know I, I i've seen that in a lot of movies where it's like there's there's um bible buzzwords i'll say like eternal or or like I don't know, joy and like love and like all of the the fruits of the spirit and stuff like that. They're they're literally the things that God gave us, but people will use them in like advertising or mm-hmm. and then and then like Jurassic Park, they created animals. It's you're so fascinated with it because your soul feels that connection mm-hmm. with God and you're like, "Wow, there's you can create man, that, something." Man, that's cool. Yeah. And it, it it's just it's very funny to look at advertisements and movies and stuff like that and be like people are so infatuated with this because they see god in it but they just don't care yeah. mm-hmm. i think that's why people want to give back a lot of times um yeah the people that like aren't christians or aren't in church yeah, or don't they want to give back yeah. hey i went i went through whatever program and now that i'm through that program i want to start getting involved with it and in their leadership or on their board um, I want to help okay, people well, help people. Yeah, well, why? I, I don't know. I just want to give back. This program was good to me, and I want to give back. Why don't you just take? Why do you want to give back? Why do you want to give back so bad? But that that desire is inside all of us to yeah. want to want to um, thank or praise or worship what was given to us. And I think that's um, what happens a lot of times inside of just our motivation and mm-hmm. our drive and our purpose. Um, and the reason that I would explain the gospel as we, if we walk through the young, there must be an uncaused cause. I like to think that it's God. I believe that it is God. Well, if God created everything, then if we have a really, really good experience with something we want to give back, it's, it's really a piece of us, a piece of our soul that wants to, to praise and worship what was given to us. And I think that's, mm-hmm the connection that people who believe in the Bible and people that call themselves Christians make in giving back to 
what we call in the faith the kingdom yep. and wanting to praise the kingdom and further the kingdom and grow and expand and and that's our sense of giving back not just arbitrarily I, there's actually I, purpose there. i said that statement or something very close to it about like growing the kingdom to someone and their response to me was it was I don't remember exactly how it went, but they were like laughed at how I said like God's kingdom or whatever, and they were like, "That's exactly why I'm happy I got out of religion." And all I said was, "I don't know what to tell you. God's real, whether you think He is or not." <laughs> I said, "Whether you want to believe it or not is not my problem. I'm just I, here. To, I'm just here to tell you that it's it's legit." I think the stigma around that is weird. Of like, that, yeah, I got out of religion because you're trying to further God. No, God's kingdom is you. I just it's it's I'm not, I'm not gonna go into it again, but it's it's the whole thing about like why don't you get it? Like just just like mm-hmm. open your eyes, open your pea head eyes, bro. See, it's like right there. Like just open your mind for five seconds, and please. I, I, I know we're praying for Dakota's patience. Oh my gosh, please, bro. <laughs> Dakota's been praying for patience, and like I'm not, he's I'm been not given the opportunity like, to be patient. You know, and I'm not gonna like sit here and act like I go through life every day, like a poster child for jesus you know what i mean like i'm not gonna act like i don't sit here and like cuss all day long at work and stuff like that and you know like i don't talk about it very much at work and everything like that like i get it all right like i'm not i'm not like the greatest christian out there right but like i'm i, I get it and i'm trying and i you know i'm just it's, we're working on it like i get it i see the picture i'm just i'm just crap at explaining the picture to people the thing that i think is really funny is when when i say i get it there's there's a there's an i get it that dakota gets and there's an I get it that I get. It's the same thing, but there's there's a there's a he was struggling with a different thing than I was and needed an I get it moment with a different aspect of all mm-hmm. of this. I had an I get it moment with a different aspect than Dakota did. And it, it's the same realization of everything works together, mm. but it was at a different point it's missing different pieces it, it was a different piece that we were missing like i had a puzzle what was missing the left corner dakota had a puzzle and he was missing the right corner and if we're missing a corner bro i mean we ain't getting a puzzle yeah honestly so so it was it was it's the same puzzle but we were missing different pieces and the i get it moment was still the culmination of the whole puzzle but it was it was an understanding of a different piece and i, I think i think that that's a super cool thing about it but if you want to give those, if you want to just summarize those last two pages, give the last couple points real quick. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to rip through this. I'm just gonna I'm gonna paraphrase that this like crazy because I'm sure we're paraphrase the piss out of I it. I was gonna say that and then I didn't, but I was. Gonna I say heard that. it. I heard yeah, it in your in yeah. your voice. All right, so this last part of this is how to respond, and it has a quick little I don't know a few sentences or whatever. And it has three big points. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to rip through this. I don't know what I'll read and skip, but hopefully God just highlights it in my brain so I read the read the really important stuff. So how to respond. If your answer to the question, which way would you like to live, is our way, then you probably don't believe some or all of the Christian message as outlined in this leaflet. Perhaps you don't believe that we are really rebels against God or that Jesus rose from the dead. If so, Please think carefully and do some further investigation before moving on. The stakes are too high to reject this message without being sure. Perhaps you could read about Jesus for yourself in one of the four biographics of his life contained in the New Testament. So maybe you could read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Perhaps you could do this with a Christian friend. That's actually, that's something, that's a really good idea. I'm going to like break off real quick. If, if you're, if you're kind of like on the fence about 
like, you know, Jesus or whatever, and you have a friend that is not on the fence about Jesus, like they, they're like, they're all in on it. Don't, don't like pass up the opportunity to like ask them like, Hey, will you, will you like take like, like meet, meet me every Thursday for like two months or something like that. And like, just, just like walk, walk through me with this seat. So, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's no reason not to, if you have that friend. And that's, that's that thought right there is what this podcast was built on. Mm-hmm. Literally. It is. So, However, if you know very well that you are a rebel against God and you would like to turn back and start living like God's way, then how do you do that? There are three simple steps. Talk, submit, trust. Okay, and that's that's the three points that uh, that we go on here. There's talk to God, submit to Jesus, and trust Jesus. So talk to God. The first thing to do is simply to talk to God. Admit to him that you've rebelled against him and deserve punishment. And ask him for forgiveness on the basis of Jesus' death in your place. Ask God to help you change from being a rebel to someone who lives with Jesus as a ruler. And then it gives you an example of a prayer you could do. But I'm not going to give you that because I just want it to be real for you. I just I just want you just like just like speak your thoughts like if you were going to talk to God. Like you know, we can, let, let's take a picture of each of these pages and post it on our Instagram story. Yeah, I could literally yeah. fit this in one post. And we'll make it a we'll make a highlight. <clears throat> Yeah, that's cool. I like that. So number two is submit to Jesus. The second step follows naturally on from the first. Having prayed, again, it references the the prayer template. I'm not going through it again. But after you pray, you're you're going to want to try to start living that out. You're going to want to try to practice what you preach, if if you may. This is actually living with Jesus as your ruler. There will be all kinds of areas in your life that will need to change. There will be old rebellious habits to get rid of, like greed, anger, selfishness, yada, yada, yada. And some new God-honoring ones to take on, like generosity, kindness, love, and here it is, patience. There's the one. <laughs> this second step will go on for the rest of your life. There, th- See, that's that's kind of what, I mean, it's not quite the Great Commission thing. But this is leading into how you said, like, there is no, like, after steps that they talk about. I guess mm-hmm. this is kind of getting into the after steps. The second step will go on for the rest of your life. But God will be with you all the way. He'll keep speaking to you through reading his word, the Bible. He'll keep listening to you and helping you as you pray to him. He'll empower you by his spirit who lives within you to change and live his way. And he'll provide other Christians to encourage you along the way as you meet with them regularly. The second step essentially is to just submit to Jesus and start living with him at, at the forefront of your mind. And last Probably not, actually, definitely not least. Trust Jesus. The third step is also ongoing. You'll need to keep putting your trust in the right place. It's only because of Jesus and his death and resurrection that you can be forgiven and put right with God. You'll need to keep coming back to this again and again, because as you start to live God's new way, you'll still fail and do the wrong thing. We all do. We all need to keep looking to the death of Jesus on the cross as the only grounds for our forgiveness. We must never stop relying on him and him alone as the means by which we are forgiven and given eternal life. If you take these steps, you can be assured that God has indeed forgiven you and given you a whole new life. But if you've not responded to God in this way, you can be equally assured that you remain under his judgment. There is a fork in the road. There are only two ways to live, and it is a choice that we all face. And that's that. Amen, brother. That's the end of it. Um... I, I really enjoyed that episode. I did too. It was I, a little long. It was a little long, but I really enjoyed us having a thing to go off of. 
um, and having that material right there. And it just made me think, and I think that we should do this because I'm pretty sure we all have the U version Bible on our phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should all start a plan together. And I don't know how the U version Bible works, but like, it, like we could all write notes in the actual plan uh, if you could do it together. Yeah, we'll have to shares the notes together. I don't know, but I think we should all start a plan together and do episodes on that because I think that this is really good for us and it's really good content to share mm-hmm. i got uh, a plan let's uh let's all start in deuteronomy <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a plan let's this not this upcoming week start, we'll deuteronomy. start with deuteronomy and just read the whole way through and take notes <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i was, I was telling no. pastor nick about it. i i said I'm, I'm six months in to reading my whole way through the bible started at genesis and <laughs> He's like, oh, cool. How far are you? I'm like, just numbers. He's like, oh. He's like, dude, you uh, you need to get like a one year Bible plan. He said you're gonna. He said you're gonna get discouraged. I said, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not I like burnout at all. I said I just take a lot of time to go through things and yeah. it's very monotonous. But I'm not going to stop. I'm gonna continue. I will not burn out. You're a lot different than Pastor Nick. If Pastor Nick thought about every single word the way that you think about every single word (laughs) he would lose his mind yeah he he can read it and doesn't have to think about every single word and Uh gets a picture of what it's saying Uh and just that's the way he studies yeah and he's probably gone through a million one-year bible plans but the way that you study and the way that you work i think that the way that you're doing it is how you should do it yeah you can't you can't like you like personally can't just like hear something and be like, oh okay, and then go on to the next thing. Because yeah. you like to dig, yeah. yeah. You yeah. like to eat. Grind, eat so like it all me, up. I would have to. The way that I would need to do it, I gotta speed read it. I gotta, I gotta get my bearings. I gotta restart, and then I start going in depth. That's that's how I would have to do it. And I that's have, how I read like most books. Like, I, I have I speed really read, and then I go back through. Really hard time doing it the way that Matt does it. Even though I do too. I, I, I do too. I want to do it the way that Matt does it. But as soon as I start reading, I'm like, ugh. I just dive into like a dog. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, I'm trudging okay. through, man. I think that we should all start a plan together, and I think I'm that that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's a good Later idea. You're on me. But on this, that's we, not how these work. We are uh, we are long on the episode, and Matea is sitting in the other room wanting to kill me because she wants to go home. I think we're that long, honestly. I think we're like, like 15 or 20 minutes past an hour. Yeah, it's probably. Hard to, it's hard to tell because it's split. Close oh, to well, let's not make it any longer. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> <Chaos>. um, <laughs> this has been the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 65. Hope you all enjoyed, and you go out and share the Bible. Thomas, what do they do? Uh, check out the website. We apologize that the new shirt designs have not been up yet. Life has been a little crazy for a few of us, actually for all of us. Um, So hopefully those will be coming soon. Uh, But all the links for the podcasts and the social medias are on the website, thecommonchaosproject.com. Check it out. Um, Shoot us your feedback on this episode. It was a little different. It was fun. It was a good time. Uh, That's all I've got. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.